Hello, welcome to Say That, podcast of your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King, I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Hello! So, the <laughs> Robin Williams tribute going on there, is that a little misdoubtfire? Uh, well, it was a little bit of... Too soon, the, dude. A little bit of... Yeah, 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 a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, Monty Python. Sure. A little international flavor for you. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Hello. Glad to be here. Wow. Contrary to the sound you hear, we're not holding Jed against his will, <laughs> but he's here. Joining us all the way from Mercer, Tennessee with Pastor Crash Media Church, Lee Younger. What's up, y'all? All right. We ready to just do it? Yep. Just we, get we right just get straight it. to the questions? Yep. Yeah, that's how I like to do it. We like to go right into the wisdom, right? We don't want to mess around with anybody. Often, we, no, often no, we goof no. around too much, and Glenn chastises us about that's that. Right. That's right. Like, let's true. get to it. All right, first question comes in. Wait a second, I declare an emergency. Wow, that was a throwback kind of emergency. That was completely unforeseen. We did it old style there. <laughs> I, I really I enjoyed the hand motions there. That, that's good. Were you, were you skiing? Sometimes I, you know, you know what? <laughs> Jed, I like to express myself with my body. Okay. Okay. Sometimes I just feel it in my body, and it's got to come out. Like you know, there's a scene. You may have seen the movie of Glenn's life. <laughs> in the movie Footloose. of Glenn's life, there's Footloose, right? Okay. And what happens in Footloose is a scene where he gets super, super mad, and he just has to dance. And that's in a the barn. way you are. <laughs> he's got to dance it out. He's got to dance it out in that barn, and he's like doing gymnastics and everything. Because when you when you get mad, you just have to dance. Just anger dancing, <laughs> anger dancing. A, a like, total tangent, but worth bringing up. A because it's a great story. B because I know they listen to the show. I was at our friend Austin and Carrie's wedding okay. this summer, and went down there, and they were having it at a Baptist church in Georgia. Yes, which is apparently like going back in time because there was no <laughs> dancing. Well, that, I mean, yeah. reception, no dancing. I was telling the fellows this over lunch. It's not as because I don't care. Because believe me, no dancing at a wedding reception is right up my alley. But I was saying that, that's kind of weird. And Glenn just got this on his face and said, "You know what you should do? What should I do, Glenn? You should you should hack into the speaker system and just start playing the song from Footloose. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. just see if everybody jumps off. Yeah, you know, yeah, this, you know. Here's here's the emergency." Which finally I'm getting down to that. Everybody distracted. Sure, it's me. been a very inefficient emergency. Okay, now here's what happens: is uh, uh, I don't like uh, I don't like these soap operas. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the young and the restless, the bold and the beautiful. It's all silly. Okay. Okay, and people watch that stuff and they get all wound up in that, and it's not real life. You know, sure. stories. They they call it their yeah. stories. They their stories. You can't look, man. You know, you got. It just that stuff is rotting your brain. Sure. So you can't can't be into that. Totally. I don't watch soap operas. I'm not into that. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, it's summertime and you know, the, all the shows are on hiatus, so you're you know, you're going through and like watching some of the shows that, that you that you missed. Now here's what happened is everybody said, you know, what show you gotta watch is that uh, downtown Abbey's. Okay. And is, wait, is that about nuns in the inner city? Well, I, I thought it was, you know, a, a gal named Abby lives downtown. So oh, that like, sounds like something we'd all enjoy. Yeah, let me. She let gets me, into misadventures and hijinks. That sounds, I would like to see that show. It chronicles, you know, the foibles of her dating life, that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of just, you know, the, the struggles of a young gal in the city. Just, just trying, trying to make it. Make it. And like, just, there's two hot guys that want to be with her. And she's sure. like, who do I pick? I don't know who to pick. One's really sweet and nice but is kind of quiet and a little bit shy and she doesn't notice how cool he is but then there's another one he's kind of a bad boy and she's like attracted to him but she right. really shouldn't be and like she doesn't know who to pick and i just told you the plot of every romantic dude that was, yeah that was a good of. pitch dude <laughs> that was solid that was solid okay now so i said you know that's what i'm getting okay uh but it's not that okay okay it's a it's a bunch of people okay okay and they are having issues and concerns in this big rich dude's house okay so it's like big brother it's a lot like big brother okay okay uh, <laughs> that's how i absorbed it okay you know. are there elimination challenges uh well sort of if you count uh, the first world war as an elimination challenge then yes <laughs> yeah, you know, also uh, the titanic, the titanic yes. yeah, leads off of the titanic I, you know there's not like a, a, a there's like torches with a somebody gets a rose or something it's not yeah. that but it's similar okay okay and um 
what happened is I started watching the show and you know what I said? I liked it when I saw the first one. I said, I like it, but you know what? I can quit anytime I want. Okay. Sure. You can have a balanced life, you know, watch an episode right. maybe in the next couple of days. Just watch to relax. Just, I'm just relaxing with my friends. Sure. Watching. You, you work know. hard. You deserve to unwind at the end of the day. There, Absolutely. There it is. With a BBC costume drama. I, you're going to be transformed into another time of place. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So I watched uh, another one okay. and then I watched, you know, a couple more. And then I watched like a season and a half in one sitting. Now, okay. <laughs> Here's what happened. I, first of all, everyone says, you're addicted. You you like soap operas. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, you don't understand. Okay, that's thing number one. Thing number two is I am watching the show. Now, I'm spoiler alert. Okay. But there's a gal, and, she, and this guy's trying to, you know, propose marriage. Okay. And everything would be fine if she just married him. Okay. Because we got inheritance things. It's complicated. Okay. Grandma's tripping. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Is he and is he pretty in the face? He's pretty in the face, y'all, and nice, and a doctor. Sure. Okay. Hello. Oh, he's a doctor, he's, honey. Okay. He's okay. got sensitive, sandy blonde hair. This uh, this is what I'm trying. Dreamy blue eyes. I mean, you sure. can get lost in these blue eyes. But you're uh, saying baby girl doesn't know what to do with all that. She don't know what to do. She Everybody try to talk to her. Like. You know, come on, it would solve all that. Uh, we got inheritance things and who's going to be calling shots and woo, woo, woo. Okay? okay. Okay. They probably don't use that exact terminology. Maybe not. But here's what happens. Comes to the moment and she says, no, I don't think so. And you know what? This is an absolute <laughs> true fact. Bust it. I paused it and I began pacing the floor. No. <laughs> Out loud. This is not a lie. I am not making this up. Out loud. I'm saying, oh, no, she didn't. No, I can't. What is wrong with this girl? Grandma, talk to her. Get in this now. Come on. And I started flipping out. You okay. Know what I'm saying? Okay. And uh, so I, I think maybe I have a problem. Okay. But <laughs> you know? this is one of the British shows, right? Yeah. This right? is a uh, BBC production, yes. Like it's over in England and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, and there's like multiple seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I don't actually watch TV. It's tool perdition. So sure, I yeah. I don't do that. Sure. But, um, did they figure out who stole the crumpet? Um, you're going to have to, you're going to unpack that for our listeners. Yeah. Well, all British shows, the, my understanding, again, I don't watch the, the television dramas, but right, right, right. my understanding is all British stories are about someone stole a crumpet, sometimes a scone, right. but usually a crumpet, and then the ensuing narrative is figuring out who stole the crumpet. Well, that's just silly. So in, in, in your <laughs> estimation, this is the, the plot of all British dramas. That's, that, what, I, that's what I learned in school. That's so like, silly. The, the Camelot is they're seeking the medieval scone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly the, right. In Sherlock, the, the, it's a very moody, kind of complicated, psychologically taught scone. Exactly right. You know, crumpet. Exactly right. Doctor Who, it's obviously the chrono crumpet. <laughs> nice. Chrono that was crumpet. Quick, dude. I was well, well on that one for a minute. <laughs> well done. There's some nerds that are just spazzing out with joy right they lost now. Their minds. The overlap between the mind. Doctor Who fans and the Downton Abbey fans, it just had their brains explode. Yeah, there was a, there was there was a Venn that diagram be me and of Lee nerdery. That the, outlaw, that <laughs> that just, the overlap between those two things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chrono Crumpet. But you you were protesting my whole no, uh, idea. That's silly. Tell me tell me what what the truth is then. Well, it was uh, cufflinks. Okay, somebody stole cufflinks, and that's the whole thing. That, but it's yeah. But that's different. But Let did they figure out who stole the cufflinks? Well, they, yeah, they, yeah, they. It's did. ongoing. Lee, Glenn, if if you were part of the downstairs staff, and I'm not going to try to explain this to Jed because he's hating on the whole thing. Right. But if you were part of the downstairs, staff... however, Jed is a fan of class dissension. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wishes that there was like a caste he likes system strife. of some kind. Truer <laughs> words were never spoken. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were part of the downstairs staff yeah. and you see you see Mary making the mistake of her life, right. what would you do about it? Dude, Being that you don't run the show, you're just one of the help. Now, you know, here, what, what would you do? I, let me tell you, I, that's a fantastic question. And here's where I'm going to start. I'm starting with Daisy. <laughs> All right. 
Let's not, let's not give the whole plot away here, folks. All I'm saying is... Some of our listeners don't watch the show. All I'm saying is, Miss Daisy, everybody's busting on her anyway. You can right. send her on whatever kind of suicide mission there is. <laughs> wow. She's just going to go for it. She's the kamikaze maid. Exactly right. So you just sit... She's getting fired, for sure, and probably going to some sort of British jail for being rude. So you just tell her, you know, you go in there and just snap on him. It's like, what's wrong with you? With How you go... I will, you know, you better get it right, girl. You know, start snapping in in a Z pattern. You know sure. what I mean while she's talking about it, and then and whatever and they'd all they'd all trip out and and fire her. Tyler and, Perry presents and, Mountain and, Abbey. And, 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 I would watch that, dude. I would watch yeah, that too. I, I think I should have said that out loud. That made very million dollar idea. But yeah, I say I say send Daisy in there because because right. you, you know she's a, she's the bottom. Of the the totem pole there, you know what I mean. You right. could whatever whatever it is, she can't say no. So that's what I do. That's not we a bad know, idea, Glenn. I I kind of feel like we have almost our own Downton Abbey here in Chicago. Really? Well, just let me let me bust it for you. Let me break this down. Lay it out. We got a young man, right? Eligible bachelor, right? Dreamy, sandy blonde hair, timeless good looks. I mean, blue eyes, you could just get lost in. An epic beard. An epic beard. But, like, he's having a hard time. Let me, let me just say this. And, say and I, Don't let me interrupt you. Not only is it an, an, an epic beard, I would go so far as to say it's an Edwardian beard. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Dude. That, that, it's a That's beard. meta right there. That, yeah. it's, a, it's a beard that could be a strong beard in any era. Okay. Come on. Okay. Yeah. So we've got that. But where's the love? Yeah. Where's the romance? Right. Yeah. Was that Black Eyed Peas song about Downton Abbey? It was about you, Matt. Oh. I think <laughs> I should get royalties for that. I think uh, uh, you know there there's somebody get me Will I Am on the phone right now. I we need to get Maggie Smith on this right now because she's pulling all the strings on this deal. You're, you're saying true. Maggie Smith could get Matt hooked up? I think, with, but a withering look. I mean, exactly right. <laughs> she would say something pithy, sure, and then you know that, sharp, yeah, and that would uh, that would break it down because um, you know Matt's single, y'all. Yeah. Uh, you know, while you're going about your daily business and just enjoying yeah. your and life, y'all don't even care. You yeah. don't. It's you, you it's, just listen to this show. Yeah. You tune in at your whim, right? But now I, I'm glad you don't care because I don't care. But the three of these guys care a lot. Yes, we do. What's the name of homegirl who didn't know what time it was and screwed it up with baby boy? Mary. You're all Mary. Every single one of you. <laughs> Your apathy makes you Mary. That guy, uh, that joke's deeper the more you watch the show. Yeah, that is, it There's is some true. people very disappointed with that because they literally like that show. This is what I'm saying. I worked on a lot of levels, Jed. Good work. I, uh, uh, you know, I do what I can. And, and you know what, Jed? I think the more red-faced rants that you could <laughs> could, could build into about the shows you have watched not a minute of. <laughs> Let's get more about of that shows going. that literally. We'll go back to cover thing for a second. <laughs> literally, Jed's wife watched Downton Abbey when it was coming out. Wait, and Jed would walk through the room and ask her, "Have they figured out who stole the crumpet yet?" <laughs> and keep walking. Wait, 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 wait! Stop everything. Jed's wife, the lovely Miss Hallie. Yes. Watches Downton Abbey. She did at the time, I'm pretty sure. Weren't yeah. she and Jane and, and Tasha watching at the same time? Force Jed to watch that with her? No. Well, some things got to change. <laughs> oh my! Word. I don't know how that works. Okay, that's not Glenn's understanding of marriage. Uh, yeah, you darn right. We're all in this misery together. That's how this works. That's Jed, marriage. Don't you go be happy by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that that's not how marriage works. I, I don't know if I can handle that much. Too drama. real. Too real. Pull <laughs> Too back. <laughs> Too honest. Because per your point of pausing it and pacing, seriously, this is for real. I've had book series where I'm reading it. At a certain point, I have to put the book down and go, This is fiction. Right. Yeah. What you're reading is right. these these people don't exist. Right. These right. events right. didn't happen. Yeah. Fiction. Right. I, I was I was going to buy a ticket to London and find the magical Harry Potter castle and punch a middle aged British lady in the mouth at one point, and I had to had to put the put the book down and say, "Umbridge isn't real. Right. This is this is not a real lady." Because right. I'm on the kayak looking at the Heathrow tickets, thinking I can get away with it. Sometimes you got to walk it back. Absolutely right. Got to take a deep breath. 
Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground here. I think we've all had a lot of fun here today. Yeah, we've all revealed things about ourselves. I successfully deflected that back onto Jed, which I'm pretty proud of. That was very well done. Nice. And Glenn, you declared this emergency. It, all, all I'm going to say, and this is my parting shot, while you're sitting here laughing at Jed and uh, 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 acting like a monkey, as I often do, Matt's going home to his bachelor apartment by himself alone, and uh, where he does whatever he wants. Now watches, we get to the crux of Glenn's real problem with Matt's singleness. He watches whatever he wants to watch on TV, <laughs> and we have to put I that I got the SEC stop. network out. I'm just making about watching an old Tennessee game from 10 years ago. That I already know how it ended. I'll watch the whole thing. I don't let, me, care. let me tell you what. There will come a I day. I was there. I'm going to watch it on TV now. <laughs> There's a day in your life where you will try to explain that to the beloved person <laughs> next to you in, 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 your, in your life, and that will not fly. Yeah. <laughs> So, so please date Matt. But as you go to end our emergency, could you give me your most stiff, proper, you know, uh, Downton Abbey inspired sure. declaration? The of full grand off. I declare emergency off. Nice. That that was good. That was, that it, was solid. It felt like for a minute. Yeah, I, I was it, was posh. it was posh. Well, I, I was over there in in England. I know, like uh, many of us in the podcast, I consume a lot of uh, products from the the British broadcasting company over there. And I, Glenn was so dead on. I was waiting for this has been a program by the BBC. <laughs> was, you know, a podcast, if you will. Pod- podcast. I, they, they, there are vowels in the BBC ladies' pronunciation of podcast that don't exist elsewhere. Yeah, and it's delightful. It's a Christian podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to quote our friend Lizzie from from the UK, I that's right, Miss Lizzie. We got we got to get we just got to start getting people with cool accents to record some kind totally. of or something for this. Yes, totally. Like yeah, like a, a like a, a intro or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And if I have a sense, if you are posh, if you you know have any classification, all four of us sound like well, yeah, how y'all doing? How's it going on down over there? I can only assume that's the way we're received pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I think well, that. To that be fair, right. not to go off on a side rant, that's the way we're received by people who live in the Midwest of America. Yeah. And talk about people yeah. who don't have room to bash accents. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you talk good like we do? Sure, yes. dude. Sonorous. It's a yes. great city. Yes. All right, Chicago. All right, we're going to move on here. Maybe you're trying wow. to meet a young, eligible Edwardian doctor. Oh, wow. He's got to know what time it is. He's got to know what you're about, that you're not going to go all Lady Mary on him. Whoa. You got you to advertise a little bit. You got to have something that says, this is you know, what I'm about. But you don't, you know, you don't want to wear like a T-shirt with a logo or something on it. That's, that's low class. That's not. Right. You can't get into the big house with that. Now, a lovely button. A brooch, a modern day brooch, if well you will. Well played, sir. That's what wow. I'm saying. Nice. That's less people know. I'm down with the say that. I know what's up. I'm down with the wisdom. I'm down with the humor. I'm down with the total misrepresentation of what television shows are about. We got you. We got you covered. We got to say that buttons for you. You can get them by signing up for Bridgebox. Only eight dollars a month. MissionUSA.com/slash/Bridgebox. Get awesome original songs. Get sermons that were preached live at our bridge service here in Chicago. Get Bible studies. Get devotionals. All the September issue is all based around the phrase, what do I need to live a healthy Christian life? Maybe you just started college. Maybe you just got out of college. Maybe you're uh, entering a new phase of life where you really want to get back down to the basics and make sure you're getting started on the right foot in a new place. We got we got we got Bridgebox to help you out with that. So you can missionusa.com slash bridgebox, you can sign up. You can get all that great stuff for eight dollars a month, which goes directly to helping us hire men from the inner men and women from the inner city to be part time missionaries. That's so cool. That don't happen anywhere else. We're the only people doing that. Uh-huh. You're the only people making it happen. We've already got two people signed up. They're part of our deacons division. Whoa. As a matter of fact, you signed up for Bridgebox this month. You're going to hear one of them, our friend Craig, laying down the rhymes on one of the songs. Wow. That's going to go out to the guys at the bridge to encourage them in their walk. This is, you get ministered to, you give us a little bit of money, and we help this dude. We do ministry with this dude who then goes out and ministers again. It just keeps growing. That's amazing. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. And not only that, but you get buttons. Whoa. 
You also get a little extra Lee Younger in your Bridge Ox experience. You go to missionusa.com slash BBLY, sign up for that. That's $8 a month as well. You get exclusive music from Lee. Let's say you're already a Bridgebox subscriber, as many of you are. Thank you. You say, I like buttons, but I'm already a Bridgebox subscriber. I can't unsubscribe and subscribe again. That would be madness. You don't have to. <laughs> send us a little email, say that podcast at gmail.com, and say, or you can send it to Bridgebox at missionusa.com, Matt at missionusa.com, pretty much anywhere that gets to us. And you say, here's what Bridgebox is, here's what I like about it, here's what's been cool to me, just one little paragraph. Or if you have an awesome accent, you can record yourself saying something nice about the podcast and send it in an audio file. Make sure you say the word podcast, though, because that word sounds really cool when pronounced in accents. But do something like that, a little Bridgebox testimonial, if you will. Let us know how that helps you, because that'll help us kind of grow it, talk to other people about it. Also give us a sense of what people like about Bridgebox. We do that. So you're going to help us out a ton. And in return, we will send you free buttons. Everybody likes free buttons. I like free buttons. Those addresses, again, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY. And he sent us an email. All right, we're going to get to the questions. That's enough nonsense. Well, there's never enough nonsense, but it's time for questions. Hang out with us all the way to the end. I'll give you some ways you can write a question for us. First one comes in anonymously at our Tumblr inbox. It says... Are there eligible Christian guys that do not go to youth, young adults, singles groups? I have been to these groups for what feels like ages and still single and I'm slightly discouraged. The men I, there's a missing word here that I probably cut out. The men I to meet, I'm going to guess tend. The men I tend to meet outside of this group and even online tend to say that they are Christian and then live out their lives completely differently what do I need to do differently? Jed, can you start us off? I can. Uh, Darling, first thing, um, we're really proud of you for putting yep. yourself out there, um, for uh, trying to make a connection with people. Dating's hard, man. Uh, there's there's no way around it. Um, it's it's hard. It's complicated. It's often disappointing. It, it's also necessary, uh, but but it can often be hard and complicated and, and not super fun. We're proud of you for putting yourself out there. Uh, we're proud of you for, for uh, continuing to do that even when um, it's not tons of fun. Um, you asked, are there uh, Christian guys that are eligible and cool that aren't, you know, at the young adult group? Absolutely, uh, there are. Um, in fact, you know, um, I know one guy wow. who's super eligible. Wow. And, um, you know, we keep him busy enough. I don't think he's ever at any kind of singles group at a church. It's almost like you would know? rather jam a cocktail fork in his eye than go to a Christian <laughs> singles group. Imagine that. All right. Now, I had to get that in there, but I also have a point. Um, one of the ways that you can meet guys uh, who are definitely down for the Lord is to get involved in a service opportunity. Right. Um, if you wanted to meet a Matt, a, a Matt-like guy, if you wanted to meet a guy like Matt, um, you would need to come to a our- A Mattish individual, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Everyone wants a Mattish dreamboat in their lives. If you wanted to meet a guy like Matt, you uh, would need to come to our bridge service because that's where he is. Uh, Glenn was talking with some gals um, uh, in Toronto just a few weeks ago, and one of them was talking about going and serving uh, at a shelter, but then meeting a really dreamy dude uh, there. And that's actually not a bad way to meet people. Um, people who are serving that capacity tend to be pretty serious, tend to be pretty down. Not all of them, but but a whole lot of them. Uh, and it's better percentage normally than just in a regular church service. Absolutely. And it's, it's definitely worth trying. It's a good idea to get involved in serving for a lot of reasons related to your walk and the fact that you might meet a dreamy dude there. Well, that's just a bonus. But the key thing here is if you're doing something and you're not getting results that you like, then it is time to change something. It is time to do something else. Uh, that may be something as simple as going to some other singles groups in your community, maybe with some other churches that might be trying a, a different online dating service. Um, we've uh, heard a lot of people have good results with eHarmony. Um, I don't know that that's true for everyone, but if you haven't tried that one, that might be good to check out. I think it's also good, though, to um, you know, try uh, some service opportunities, both because it would be good for you, but also because of the people that you might meet there. The key thing, though, is to not let any of this feel like a statement about you. That's the really, really important part. As I said up front, dating can be complicated. It can be kind of not fun and kind of wearying. Um, None of that says anything about you. Um, uh, uh, You have a lot to offer. Um, You would be a serious catch uh, for the right person. And it's a matter of not giving up on that journey, uh, but figuring out how do we uh, try something new? How do we take one more step? How do we take it one day at a time? If you'll keep doing that, you'll get where you're going. Um, if you got more specific stuff, more specific questions on your situation, please email us. Uh, we'd love to talk with you. We'd also be happy to connect you with one of our wives that can help sort stuff out. But we believe in you, and we've got your back. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, I completely agree with what Jed said here. In fact, it was 
what I had written down to say was to to get involved in these ministries where people are serving the Lord, you know, serving the kind of people that, that Jesus said to reach out to. But one thing that I'd like to add on to this is um, while you're in the process of figuring out what things you want to change, one thing you do not want to do is you do not want to settle for one of these men who says they're a Christian and their lives are completely different. Yeah. Amen. Um, uh, what, what I've seen so many times working with young people, whether it be high school folks or, or college folks, is that, um, and this is particularly true with gals, is that they get to a certain age, some of their friends get in serious dating relationships, a couple of their friends might get engaged, maybe even one of their good friends gets married, and all of a sudden it's like they lose their minds and they think, mm. it's oh, my life is over, I'm late, I didn't get engaged yet, I didn't get married yet, now I just need to settle for the next beating heart that looks at me for more than three seconds. And what winds up happening is a lot of heartbreak, um, a, a lot of misery, a lot of a lot of lowering standards, a lot of frustration in their walk and stuff like that. And so w- one thing that I want to encourage you on is that the Lord wants to hook you up. There's somebody out there who uh, he has in mind for you. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to just say, I'm just going to, you know, I'll just wind up with anybody and I and I won't hold the standards that I need to hold, you know, for someone to actually walk with the Lord, for someone to actually treat me well, someone to actually treat me with respect and stuff like that. I'm going to lower some of those standards just so that I wind up with somebody because my sense is that I'm late to the party and that I'm mm-hmm. getting passed by. You're not getting passed by. There's no there's there's no uh time limit on this thing. There's no expiration date. There's not any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, f- you know, Beat back those lies and, uh, and and keep following the Lord. Keep looking for these opportunities, like Jed's saying. But don't just you know wind up with somebody because it would be better to wind up with somebody. I'm telling you right now, being in a bad relationship is a whole lot worse than not being in one. That's the truth, right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing we don't want to do. When you're talking about what are some things I need to do differently, well, one thing you do not want to do is just settle for one of these relationships with a guy that who, who is not serious about the Lord. Absolutely. Glenn? Yeah, I think when we're looking at trying to find a guy in, in a room full of people, uh, in order to do that, we have to use something called discernment. Discernment is a good thing. Yeah. Uh Discernment is being able to determine, you know, what's good or bad, right or wrong, is being able to look at uh, a person and seeing their character and be able to kind of size that up with God's help. You know, he gives you wisdom, allows you to do discernment. The An pro- important point on that is discernment is different than judgment. Discernment is different than judgment. Uh, judging people is a, has a, an element of condemnation to it. Uh, the, the, uh, the words that we would translate uh, to... Uh, as as to judge is different in the Bible is the words that we would translate to condemn. It's, it's a different word in Greek and it's different in English for a reason. In, in, in the original Greek, it's to sort of down judge, to condemn someone is to judge them and put them down, to, to hand down a, a negative uh, sentence upon someone. Uh, the Bible says not to do that. We're not to judge. Bible says, of course, we are to discern and uh, uh, and use wisdom on what sort of person we're uh, standing in front of. Here's the problem with that. Just one small problem. Christians never do that. Uh, discernment is is missing from the picture uh, for most Christians. Yeah. In fact, I think a lot of Christians turn off a sense of discernment because they think it's rude to discern what's going on. Do you go to a church, a good church, or do you go to a bad church? You don't. You you've never thought about it. You know, you've you've never uh, discerned whether that is this a good sermon, or is it a really sucky sermon that drained the will out to live of us, and it's thirty minutes <laughs> of our life I'll never get back, and I feel like on a certain level I'm a little bit dead inside because I listened to this sermon. Ha- have you worked that out? No, you haven't. You 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 just sat there with a blank expression on your face and was always said, "Well, that's what lovely. That's that's a, that's exactly the exact equivalent of every other sermon I've ever heard before in my life." It had Bible in it, and it had Jesus in it, so that must mean it's the same as every other Bible. You didn't stand up there and yell, yell, hail Satan, so I'm not allowed to not like it. Exactly right. Um, That mentality keeps us from being able to find a quality partner uh, in a situation like that. It's we we have to be be able to. Let's just start with this: not all Christians are the same. 
Simple as that. Now, they're all saved in exactly the same way. They're all saved the exact same amount. And even though all Christians have different gifts and, and different callings and a different role within the body that are all equally important, not everyone is pursuing those gifts equally. Not everyone has developed those gifts and that calling and that, that place in the body equally. Some have been doing that for longer. They've got some more wisdom to give us, and we need to respect those people and receive that wisdom from them. All this stuff's in the Bible. Uh, so it, this, is, this shouldn't sound like new stuff to you, but we've, we've gotten uh, to a place in the church where we are elevating niceness above honesty, above discernment, above okay. all these other things. It's not nice to notice that this guy's a schmuck and this guy has a really good character. That's not nice. You know, you're not supposed to notice those things. You're supposed to just walk in a, around in a pink cloud everywhere you go and say, everything's lovely. It's all lovely. You know, at some point, it's about recognizing, oh, you know, uh, this is a quality individual who has values similar to mine. Uh, this guy's a big fat jerk who's a big fake. And we could tell that from the the very beginning doesn't mean we condemn that guy we're gonna pr we're gonna pray for him we're gonna love him we're gonna hold him at arm's length and we're gonna let him work it out uh and there before the grace of god go i and i'm i got my own problem so i don't have any reason to condemn him but it's about recognizing um that some of these people are, are legit christians and some of these people are working their way towards that on whatever wrong thing that they're on but here's the bottom line i'm telling you all that to tell you this if you get a guy who is legit, the thing is, he's not going to go to a jacked-up church. Okay. A legit guy is not going to surround himself with other people who are not legit. He's not, because he's got discernment, that the kind of discernment that I'm trying to tell you to have. Yeah. Right. So if your church kind of sucks, that legit dude may have fled the scene. <laughs> <laughs> so... Part of what these guys are telling you is if you get where other people are serving, you're going to be in a place where legit people go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the that's the thing is to recognize where would a where where would a legit Christian brother find himself and and now if it's, I'm going to go be there and then go be there because it may not bless your heart, it may not be your church. I don't know. You you know your church better than me. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a great place to be, uh, but I think it's it's about recognizing legit people get. Uh, into a place that's legit sooner or later. Amen. That's absolutely right. All right, we'll move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymous on our tell where it says, what do you do when you're having a difficult time believing in the God in the Bible? Lee, can you start us off? I can, and, uh, you know, the, me and the fellows were talking about this beforehand. I may or may not be uh, relating to you some of the wisdom that I heard from one of the— I, I, <laughs> we, don't, we can't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, you, we, we, that may be happening. No, but who's to say? But um, yeah. one thing that we could say about this is, I, you know, you find me a, a person who believes everything that there is about God in the Bible 100 percent of the time, and I will show you somebody who's lying to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. There's something right now in the scripture that it's saying that I'm uncomfortable with, and I, I'm looking at it in black and white, it's plain as day, and I don't want to see it. I, I don't want to believe it. I don't believe it. I'm, it's, it's the reason I'm stuck. I don't, I don't think this is true about me. Um, I was reading, there's a, there was a, a guy named Donald Gray Barnhouse, a pastor back in the day, and he said, if you were reading the Gospels and it said something amazing about you, you you would have a hard time believing that it was about you, even if the Bible itself had your name printed right beside that thing. And that's just the way that our hearts work sometimes. There's stuff that the Bible says about you. There's stuff that it says about your life. There's good stuff it says about you that you just sometimes don't believe. There's stuff that you know that we're not supposed to do. That we're supposed stuff we're supposed to change. And I can't look at that. And I don't want to look at that. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to mess with it. I don't want God to touch it. I, I don't want him anywhere near that area of my life and stuff like that. So one thing I can say is, you know, welcome to the party. At some degree, if we're honest, we all feel this way. Um, and, and so if I look at that and you might be saying, well, I'm, I'm having trouble believing the whole thing. Okay, well, I'm having trouble believing some percentage of it. So you and I are on the same page. So how do we both do this? Well, I think the way that I move forward on this, and maybe you can move forward on this as well, is 
that I, you know, my, my, my gut reaction is to just be honest about it first is just to say to God, look, um, here's this thing you're saying to me. I'm just going to tell it like it is. I don't believe you. Yeah. 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 I don't believe yeah. that's true. Uh, you know, I don't believe you see me this way, or I don't believe I can ever change this, or I don't believe I can be this person that you're describing. I don't believe that. Um, however, you seem to be better than anything else on the market, so I'm going to keep talking to you while we work through that. That's actually a great place to start. There was a dude in the scriptures, he, he begged Jesus to heal his, uh, to drive a demon out of his son. And, uh, and he said, he said, help me if you can. And Jesus said, uh, if you can, anything is possible for those who believe. And, and the guy said, I do believe, but I've also got some unbelief in here at the same time. It's all mixed up together. My, my faith is an alloy of believing you some and not believing you a lot. So, uh, can you take what I've got and help me with the part that I don't have? And that's a very that's a very great and biblical way to start. I think if if you if we can all be honest about the fact that I don't have a hundred percent of this locked down, and that's okay. And that God isn't saying to me, I'm done with you unless you're all the way sold out. You know, I, I'm done with you unless you've got a hundred percent unless we're on the the same page on a hundred percent of these things. That's not the way God sees it. He's it says in the scriptures he has unlimited patience. He's willing to work with you on these things. But I think the place we have to start is being honest about it and saying, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to keep the conversation open. I don't like this. I don't believe that. Sell me on some of this stuff. Show me. You know, uh, convince me. Absolutely, Glenn. I, I love what Lee is saying, um, especially the parts that I'd heard before. Uh, <laughs> when they left your face? When they left my face. <laughs> it's that all was, in the delivery, Glenn. That was so foul of me to say that, wasn't it? Um, no, that that's believe me, that's that's Lee's uh, that's Lee's wisdom right there. But I love what he's saying here about the honesty, because um, here's the question I want to ask you. What if God put certain things in the Bible a certain way because he wanted you to say, what? Yep, 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 yep. What if God put it in, in, in almost an extreme way to make to almost force the, the, the thing of, hey, wait a second, I don't know about that. To, 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 what if he intended for us to wrestle? with him on these things. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense when you look at God's character and the way he deals with us and the way he imparts his wisdom. He has, if you look at the conversations that Jesus had with people, he had a way of saying things way out there and, and, yeah. and provoking a reaction of like, what are you crazy? Are you can't You can't be asking me to what, you know, let the dead bury the dead. You take up your cross and follow me. Give all you had to the poor, sell it, and whatever, be born again, do all this. Everybody talking to Jesus like, oh, you can't, you know. It's almost as if he's trying to provoke this uh, uh, this reaction of don't give me your, your uh, blind obedience without any um, uh, questioning of this because those doubts will live in your heart and they will grow and they will grow and grow. And at some point, that will take over the scene of what it is that we're dealing with. So it's better for us to wrestle those things out. And I think God wants us to do that. I think yeah. there's a moment where you say, Hey God, what? I don't know. I, Hey, uh, excuse me. That sounds a little, you know, out there, dude. I don't know if I can do that. And by opening that conversation, that's where we get to a point of real belief and real relationship. So, so I, let's let's not necessarily work away from that because I think the Lord may be provoking it. Uh, the second thing is that I think we have uh, you know problems in believing in what the Bible says. I don't know about you, but I have a a, a perfectly uh, easy time, uh, generally speaking, figuring out what it says by and large, and 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 I have an easy enough time believing that that's the way God wants it to be. The part that I have a problem with is living it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, the, 
I think to a certain extent we say, well, if you believe it, you're going to, you, you sort of have to live it out. If you, you know, that, that uh, belief and acceptance sort of drives reaction. And that makes sense. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't disagree with that, but it's, it, it's that point of, if I know I don't want to live it out, it seems much more mysterious to me now. <laughs> what does it all mean, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> Surely it couldn't be that God wants me to give up my favorite thing. Uh, and then it kind of yeah, turns that, out. That whole thing about the camel and the eye of the needle. I mean, he's yeah. not being serious. About yeah, that. when he says, you know, the, you know, a rich man can get into heaven uh, 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 about the same as a camel can get through the eye of a needle. Ain't nobody ever read that and say, well, I better start being poor right away. <laughs> Everybody, everybody reads that and says, you know, there's got to be a way, y'all. <laughs> you know? uh, but the good thing about that is if you if you wrestle with that and take that to God and ask him about it and say, God, I want to be rich and still go to heaven. How about that? The Lord might tell you something really interesting and amazing and shocking about that. And he may help you figure out where your wrong attitudes are and, and, and what you're fighting to achieve that may not be of worth and all sorts of cool stuff. So I, I think that it's really, if it's really a problem with living it out, let's be honest uh, with that part of it. Final quick point. Um, for some weird reason, bless your hearts, Christians have a way or, or people have a way of believing what is cool to believe, what is hip to believe. Mm. You, know, you, you, you know this, uh, hey, uh, uh, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Wow, that's so deep. It, it, Can I it, be your friend now? It, it Would you care to deep. tell me the difference between those two things? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing is, uh, it, it's just a fad to say that, and people will say it. You Do know? you have any microbreweries you think I should check out? <laughs> Let me put on my interesting scarf, and we'll go. You know, th- this is the thing is that we have um, uh, 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 a, a sense of I don't want to believe what jerks believe. Yeah. And there's a lot of jerks out there believing or, or appearing to believe certain Christian things or whatever. Totally. I don't want to be I don't want to be lumped in with them. Here's the final thing I tell you about all this is what you wrestle out and what you work out in your relationship with God is an individual thing. Yeah. You Amen. may be a Christian, you may be part of the body of Christ, but no one's a Christian the way that you're a Christian. And when you die and you stand before God, you're going to be all by yourself. You have an individual, personal relationship with God. Nobody else is invited in that. That's a sacred and holy relationship that you have with him, and it's you and him, and that's it. doesn't matter that other people believe something similar to what you believe and happen to be a jerk. They're not in that with you. Absolutely, Jed. All right. Well, look, I'd like to read a story from the Bible to back up what Glenn and Lee have both told you. This comes from the Gospel of John. It comes from the sixth chapter. I'm going to start with verse 66. And to give you the backstory, Jesus has just been giving a sermon, and he said some pretty crazy-sounding stuff, some really difficult stuff. People go, dude, what are you talking about? What's your deal, man? Uh, Here's what the Bible says. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. People who had been with him said, no, no, I'm just, I can't roll with that. Jesus then, he looked to his 12, his main guys, and he asked them this question. "Uh, You do not want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter, who was his main dude, answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. So let's take a look at what's going on there. Jesus has said some pretty out there sounding stuff. And the subtext of Peter's reply is, no, Jesus, that all sounded pretty pretty out there. However, you're Jesus. You're it. You're my one savior. You're right. my one hope. You're the one thing that's worked for me. So even though it sounds pretty crazy and out there, I'm not giving up. I'm not, I'm not quitting on this. The thing to know is that all authentic walks with the Lord sound just like that. Yeah. Yeah, all authentic walks with the Lord have moments where God says stuff that sounds super crazy, right. and um, we go to the Lord and say, you know, that sounds kind of super crazy, but also you're God, yeah. so I'm gonna hang in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one more day. I'm gonna go one more round because you've loved me and you've been good to me. So let's see what we see. That that's the way my walk work. I know it's true for Glenn and for Matt and for Lee for all of us. Whenever you have a person that says, oh, no, I just believe all the Bible. I'm just, I'm just down. I'm just <laughs> sure. hardcore. That's a person that's making stuff up, just, just so we're all clear. 
I want to build real quick on something Glenn was saying because it's important. He said, it was the last thing he said, is that you have an individual walk with the Lord, and that's completely true. You do. Because you have an individual walk with the Lord, that means there's one thing that's the main thing in your walk right now. There's one thing that's standing in the way of you growing and becoming the person that God made you to be. It's one main thing right now. We need to know what that thing is. And in order to move forward with that thing, we've got to be willing to trust God on the stuff that's related to it. Hear me now. God is not expecting you to be totally down with stuff that's not related to where you're at right now. Okay. Let, yep. me, let me say that again. God is not expecting you to pretend that you totally believe and are totally into stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the thing he's asking you to work on right now. He is, as an exercise in faith, asking you to walk forward on the stuff you're currently looking at. So, for example, let's say you're in a place where God wants you and him to work on your sex life together. God is asking you to trust him when he talks about sex. He's asking you to trust him that he knows what a good sex life is like. He knows what would satisfy you. He knows how you would be satisfied. He wants to hook that up. He is asking you to trust him on those things. Now, yeah, we want to bring our doubts. We want to bring our concerns to him. We want to be honest about that. But we want to do all of that with the aim of getting to a place of accepting what he's saying and walking forward, taking steps based on that as an act of trust. By contrast, what the Bible says about, for example, submitting to authority um, doesn't have a lot to do with where you're at right this minute. That doesn't mean we should go around willy-nilly disrespecting authority figures uh, or rejecting those passages, but it does mean we don't need to have 100% buy-in on that particular thing today. There will come a day, no doubt, when it will be, A, you're kind of super rebellious, and we need to look at that, so let's talk about that. And then it will be time to figure out, how do I buy into this thing that the Lord is, is asking of me? Right. But that's down the road. An individual walk with the Lord means individual problems we're working on overcoming. The Lord is asking you to work with him to get to a place of trusting what he says on those subjects, but you need to know what those subjects are. He's patient in the midst of that process. Yes. He's patient with your doubts. He's patient with your struggles. He wants to do this as a team with you and if you're on a team with the lord you can't fail right Amen. absolutely right a couple things i'll tack on here i want to jump uh, back to something glenn was saying about not wanting to believe what people who have proven themselves to be really jerky believe i i totally understand that i definitely am there with you here's the thing truth is truth and if you believe something is objectively the truth then what other people who believe that act like isn't a really big deal Here's the thing, if we if it all came out tomorrow that the guy who um, you know, discovered penicillin kicked puppies into spare time, penicillin still worked. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that people who believe in that are not cool about it doesn't make it not true. That's not how truth works. Similarly, the idea just because something is crazy sounding does not make it not true. That's the thing yeah. about truth. There's a the old idea that that's a cliche of truth is stranger than fiction. Just because it doesn't make sense doesn't make it not true. Here's the thing. If you're a Christian, you believe that there was a homeless carpenter in first century, uh, first century Roman outpost whose execution, who was all the way God, and because he was executed for sedition against the Roman state, that means you get to go to heaven. I believe that that's true. That doesn't make it not crazy. Right. That is a crazy thing to believe. Right. Sure. Now, in my, my, all my experience with it, it also happens to be true, but just because something true does not mean it has, a, it has to make sense in the way that you can wrap your head, as these guys are saying, all the way around every part of it. You're talking about, how what do I do when I struggle to believe all the things that are in the Bible? Believe the things you believe and ask for faith on the other stuff, because at no point, to go back to what Lee says, very, this is kind of the big point on this, is at no point is all this stuff going to make sense to you. Yeah, You're not going to go to the right classes or read enough books or pray hard enough or not masturbate for long enough, whatever it is, there to the is. point that There's all this truth. stuff makes sense because you have unlocked the next level of Christianity. This is not how it works. You're always going to have doubts. That's cool. Roll with them. We're going to move on to our last question here. It came in anonymously with our Tumblr. It says, I've been blessed with some incredible people in my life. My pastor's one of my best friends. I do ministry with incredible people who set great examples for me and so on. But one thing I really struggle with is thinking for myself. I find myself always doing things in a way in which these people would do them. Don't get me wrong, these are who I these are the people I want to model my life after, but I find myself afraid to think for myself in these situations. 
Where's the line on this and how do I get better at it? Glenn, can you start us off? Absolutely. I think there's uh, more so than any of us would really care to admit there's a lot of following the herd in our lives. Sure. For, for a lot of us. A lot of us believe the things we believe because that's what people around us believe. A lot of us act the way we act because that's the way the people around us act. Uh, whether that be in a work environment, a school environment, or, you know, around your friends, around your family. Uh, that's how, that's how life works. That's not an inherently bad thing. Uh, it, it does mean we have to be conscious of who we spend our social time with and how, you know, how do we, um, maintain those friendships and who we want to be an influence in our lives. Sounds like you've got a great church here, a great pastor. It's a great idea to be influenced in that kind of way. I think it's, uh, it, it, if you're hearing a lot of smart stuff and you're you're looking at it and saying that's smart, I believe in that. That's great. But, you know that it, it doesn't. We don't need to look for something to be wrong within that. But the yeah. Uh, I, and and I think um, uh, if I could maybe very slightly change what you're asking about, what you're thinking about, uh, I think it is important for you to think differently. But I think it might, you know, it, when needed, you know, when, when it's appropriate to think differently. But I think it's important to start thinking about acting in an individual way, in in the way that you live out your faith. In other words, you know, everybody's going on the youth retreat to the thing. Uh, maybe pray about maybe God has somewhere else for you to go, you know, or something else for you to do. If 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 uh, everyone's doing this thing, maybe God's calling you to another thing. I think it's about looking at your actions because here's the problem that we see. Uh, there are times when you're, you're being told something and you need to believe something else. But when that happens, the Holy Spirit is there hammering away at that within you. And so yeah. you know deep down what's the right thing but you're sort of torn on stepping out. So the thing is, if you would step out in a physical way with the way that you walk your walk and live your life to where you're not in lockstep with everyone around you, then it's already a familiar thing of you know how to go your own way, make your own decisions and so forth. Uh, it, it, it's important to follow the herd, but it's also important to have your own unique thing. And here's where all this goes to a bad place is when the Lord is calling you to make some kind of sacrifice. The thing about being around other Christians and being in a herd of other Christians is there's no sacrifice to that. Everybody in the thing is going to the place to help the people. We're going to go help poor people get in the van. That's the easiest thing in the world to do is get in the van, go help poor people. When everyone's getting in the van to go on a ski trip, you going to help poor people. That's a sacrifice. That's a different deal. Uh, the thing that we see hap what happens with a lot of Christians in, in the, where they find struggles is when God says, I want you to make a sacrifice, and they've been going with the flow this whole time. They've never made a sacrifice. They've never cut against the grain. They've never had to have that conversation with their parents where their parents don't understand why are you doing this and what are you know, all the, their, their teachers all esteem what they do. Their parents esteem what they do. The church esteems what they do. And they're, they're, they're feeling that and they're liking that and they're, you know, they're used to that. Then when they have to step out, when the Lord says, hey, I think you should go to China, uh, everyone in your life suddenly says, hey, I don't think that's a great idea. And now uh, you can be confident if you can live through those kinds of choices where you're making your own individual choices in the way you live it out, if there's a difference in belief or a difference in understanding on things, you know that there's already space for you to live out your own individual walk. Absolutely right. Judd? Uh, great question, and I'm really glad uh, you wrote into us with this. Uh, if you want to learn how to do something new, uh, finding somebody who's good at it and imitating what they do is uh, about as good a way to go as you can possibly get. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, right. Because Glenn uh, enjoys watching me squirm, uh, you know, y'all know that part of my work for Mission USA and for Glenn is producing media. And uh, periodically, Glenn would say, hey, um, how about some hip hop? How about you do some hip-hop? That, that sounds good. I, I don't know how to produce hip-hop. I've never done that. So in that moment, what I don't do is say, what would I 
as Jed, what would be my artistic voice <laughs> sure. within hip hop? Right. What would that sound like? Right. I don't do that because that'd be a terrible idea. Instead, I go listen to some Jay Z and some Snoop Dogg and some Beastie Boys and you know figure out what do the people who are good at it do, and then I'll just try and replicate that. And that's actually how you learn anything. But I think the key thing, if we want to avoid getting in a rut of long term, just you know imitating others in an unhealthy way, here's the key thing we want to add in: is start asking why. Yep. Why are they doing the things that they're doing? Yeah. Um, it's true in learning how to make hip hop. It's true in doing ministry. Uh, there's a why behind why someone who's a master at something does it. Um, uh, you talk about, you know, you have a great pastor and you have great people in your life. Ask them why they're doing the things that they're doing. Um, uh, uh, most of the time, uh, they're going to be able to break that down for you in a way where you'll understand it better, you'll understand it deeper, and it'll allow you to make your own kind of creative uh, improvisations on that. Yes. But you have to understand what they're doing first, uh, and then we get to the stage of why are you doing it that way. Uh, when I came to work for Glenn, I didn't know anything about ministry at all. I didn't know anything. Um, so I just did whatever he did and whatever he told me to do. But Glenn then got in the habit of breaking down, here's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Here's why I'm approaching it that way. Here's here's what I here's too far in this direction. Here's too far in this direction. So this is why we're going to take it right down the middle. And the more that I understood that why question, the more I was able to say, okay, I think, you know, this this seems like the right way for me to go in this situation because I know it answers those why issues. So I'm going to do that. And that leads to the one last thing. Good mentors, and this has been true for me with Glenn, I bet it would be true for you with your pastor, is it's no problem for you to say, so based on what you've told me about why you do things the way you do them, here's my take on what I think I should do in this situation. How does that sound to you? Yes. Now, a good mentor will not be threatened by that. Um, They'll say, well, um, I mean, I suppose you have to put your own twist on it, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) You know, a good mentor says, sounds awesome. You know, you're hitting all the boxes, you're ticking all the marks, that's, that's great. So let it be a dialogue. Let it be that yeah. that back and forth. That's that's how I learned is, you know, first I just did exactly what Glenn told me. Then I did exactly what he told me. And I said, tell me why. And then I said, OK, based now that I understand a little bit why in this situation, I'm thinking, you know, ABC. And I said, that sounds perfect. Right. Sounds great. Sounds right. sounds just right. And you're putting your own individual viewpoint and personality and insight into that, which is adding to what exactly you've been right. given, which is taking it further, which is awesome. Exactly right. And you can do all that. If you've got a, a good pastor, if you've got good mentors, you can ask that why question. They'll break it down for you. You can you know, take that information, kind of build your own strategies and run them past them, get some good feedback and some good pointers, um, and you'll be doing great stuff in no time. Amen. Totally, Amen. Lee. Well, these guys have broken it down. This is These are great answers on this. And, and uh, one thing I would say is... Uh, you know, uh, we do get a fair number of questions about, you know, where, where the answer to people's problems is that they need the kind of people that you're describing. They need pastors and mentors and people around them doing ministry that they can look to, that they can trust. So the fact that this is where you're starting, um, you're in great shape uh, for, you know, for, for growing in your walk. And I, I love what Jed said about the, you know, the best place to start when you're trying to learn something new is, is replicating somebody who's good at it. And, and what that does is when you just, when you just watch somebody who's awesome at something and you do what they're doing, what you do is you take something that is unknown to you and intimidating to you. And you become, you, you do it enough the way that you see somebody who's good at it, do it to where something that was unknown and intimidating eventually becomes muscle memory. Yeah. And so like, for instance, in my ministry life, uh, you know, I, I, you know, when I started getting a job in in ministry, uh, I I didn't know how to make a hospital visit. I mean, and and if you had asked me on day one, uh, tell, tell me what your instinct would be about how to make a hospital visit. And everything I would have told you would have been wrong. I mean, I didn't know (laughs) the first thing about how to do it. And, uh, and, you know, my pastor uh, said, come with me. Let's get in the car. What are we doing? Well, first we're going to go get a cheeseburger, and then we're going over to the hospital. Why are we going to the hospital? Well, so-and-so from the church is in the hospital. with a. They have a procedure coming up, and uh, so we're going to go do this thing. So then we did it, and then, uh, and you know, I was scared to death. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never done anything like that before, but it wasn't bad. And I, I watched my pastor do it. We got back into his car. We're driving back to the church. And he said, just so you know, 
and and it did exactly what Jed described with his his mentorship with Glenn. He described this is why we did this because here's what the family of this person is thinking. Here's what this person is thinking, and here's what we did to diffuse those things and to do something for them that they couldn't do for themselves. And this is why we did it this way. This is why we did it for this long, etc. And it was just really cool. And we did that enough times to where eventually. Now, I don't have to take that dude, I don't have to go with that dude to do a hospital visit. I know how to do it. And in fact, I can take younger guys with me and teach them how to do a hospital visit. I can teach my kids how to do a hospital visit. And that's the way, because now it's muscle memory for me. So that's a great thing because intimidating and unknown things become muscle memory that you can then teach others. Uh, The last thing that I would tack onto this, because everything you've heard these guys say is spot on, it's great stuff. The last thing I would tack on is if you really want to take your ministry chops to the next level and you've got, you describe, you know, uh, you get these great examples in ministry, you know, that you trust and everything is get with that person, that pastor, or these these people that are great examples, and ask the question, and this, this, this is where you really turn the thing up, what am I not seeing about myself? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. What are my blind spots? It's uh, really good. Yeah. I want to get better at this. And, I, and I, I'm watching you, and I'm trying to do the things that you're doing. I'm trying to understand the whys behind everything. But I, what I can't see in myself is I can't see my big, fat blind spots where my instincts are really holding me back, yeah. where my yeah. personality is getting in the way of what would be great ministry chops. So what I need you to do is I, I, I need you to – I want this to be an unemotional thing. I, I don't want to be defensive. I'm, I'm coming in a state of humility, and I'm trusting you. I know you care about me. I know you love me. I want you to tell me where am I sucking this up and where, where do I need to grow? And, uh, and, and, you know, hit me with it. Let's do this thing. Let's grow. Um, Mm -hmm. and when you get to the place where you're willing to, in humility, go to that, go to that mentor and say, now start walking me through my blind spots, man, there's no ceiling to how good your ministry can get. So, um, that, that you're doing great. And what these guys have said is spot on. When you're ready to take it to the next, that next level and let's find out what those blind spots are and start working on those. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. That's all really good stuff you've heard. One thing I'll tack on the end here is just to give you an idea of the timeline we're kind of talking about some of this stuff. Like that, as Jed's talking about that um, process of just imitating to then understanding the whys, to then having a good enough grasp on the whys that you can go on. That We're talking about years of process there. That's mm-hmm. one of the things a lot of younger folks getting into ministry don't really grasp is, you know, if you're coming out of high school or even in early college, you've never really spent more than a few months learning a skill you kind of tackle it might take a year class or a sport or something but the idea of i'm gonna be kind of bad at this for a couple of years yeah good call because there's so much to learn there and for that means that means you're gonna be in that imitation stage maybe longer than you feel you should be because there's almost a judgment in that as all these guys alluded to there's this idea in all things of I should, you know, make it my own and put my own spin on it. Yeah. And that's how that, that, that's a disaster. Yeah. That's how we end up with books written by 21 year olds about how dating super evil <laughs> that yes. ruined the yep. world. Yeah. But you know, uh, in first Corinthians 11, one, Paul says to the church of Corinth, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And yeah. actually the word he uses, some, some translations say, be imitators of me the way I'm an imitator of Christ. The word there's actually, the Greek word is actually where we get the word mimic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It means literally watch what I do and do exactly that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually nothing wrong with that because here's the thing that Christians skip a lot and maybe a lot of us who are kind of come up in achievement culture skip a lot. There's no reason you would know how to do this. <laughs> right. Yep. You've yeah. never done right. this. You right. you can't just here's the thing. I, and I love you white suburban males <laughs> who watch movies where there's like this dude and he's just like an accountant. But then all the stuff goes down. He's got this Uzi, and he just has perfect aim with the Uzi because of his white male moral goodness. It's like yeah. you get put in the pressure situation, and it all just clicks in, and <laughs> you know Rudy gets in, and he's all good, but he's never – that doesn't happen. You have to learn a skill. It takes time to do that, and that's cool, and imitation is the way to do that. Amen. Amen. Stick at it. You'll be great. All right. Thank you for your questions. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Remember, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash bbly. Get lots of cool stuff, fun, some cool ministry, and get buttons. 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 Buttons.
Absolutely. All right, we're going to take out the song this week. We talked a lot this episode about getting out of your comfort zone, whether that be kind of moving out of trying another singles group or dealing with your doubt or in this last one, kind of stepping out on your own cognizance. So we got a song. This is a song Jed wrote for our guys and gal at the bridge. He also wrote specifically for last year's September bridge box for people starting college. And it's called you're already there. It's yes. about that idea of taking your fears, Jesus going before you. All right. So we hope you enjoy that. Come on back next week. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. This has been the Christian podcast, <laughs> fighting the fruits of the devil. <laughs> when I'm alone, I don't know why. But I feel like something's wrong with me somewhere deep inside And I get so scared that God, you're not with me, not this time And that must mean I'm on my own and nothing's alright But you are already there So why should I? When changes come, I don't know why But I feel like I can't handle what is up in my life And I start to think that, God, I'm gonna go and backslide So what's the use in standing firm if I've lost the fight? When you are Why should I?